So in Deep Game, we talk a lot about what we call relaxed aggression, playing with relaxed aggression, playing hard, effortlessly, doing without trying, these things that seem like paradoxes, right? How could you be both relaxed and aggressive at the same time? And yet as basketball players, we've all seen players who very clearly play in this way. And it's, it's an ongoing discussion and a big question for a lot of players, like how do I play that way? How do I play with this relaxed aggression? And so today we are going to freestyle a little bit on this topic and it's gonna lead us to um, some pretty deep realizations and, and ultimately uh, a framework that we can use for actually playing this way all the time. Um, not only that, we're also going to give some, some exact exercises, both for the body and the mind, that are going to help you out a lot. They're really simple. You can do them immediately. And uh, I think this is going to really help you out. So as I said, we've all seen players who play with this relaxed, effortless aggression, almost like a springiness, but like a, a swagger to their game that you can't quite uh, put your finger on, but you know it when you see it. And... <clears throat> Growing up here in this really small town in Ontario and Canada, uh, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of players with this quality. And I, I didn't really see it until I got older. And in high school, our team was very good. We went um, to Toronto for a lot of tournaments and we would see players like Corey Joseph, uh, Tristan Thompson playing. And I, I, st I still remember the first time I saw Corey, actually, who's now in the NBA. The first time I saw him play, it was really strange because he looked like he wasn't trying at all. It looked like he was actually like barely even paying attention, which was kind of weird. And he would just kind of, he had this like strut on the floor that I hadn't really seen before. It was very strange. And yet he was like this twitchy animal, like he could explode at any moment. And he did. Um, and there was this strange, like sixth sense to it that he, he was the best example of a completely relaxed yet under the surface, there was this aggression brimming that could explode at any time. And I'd never seen anybody move that way. You still see him play this way in the NBA. Um, so anyhow, I, I really became kind of obsessed with this in high school and I went like deep, deep, deep down the road of learning athletic performance and physiology um, to the point like I, I was really, really obsessed. You understand, like to give you an idea, I remember I, I used to spend hours and hours and hours and hours reading articles online, um, compiling this database of training information, testing it on myself, tracking the results. I used to, in English class, <laughs> this kind of... Uh, silly, but um, in English class, I'd have <clears throat> my English binder open. And then within the binder, I would have a second notebook where I would be writing down notes on training and writing training programs, just theoretical training programs, not even ones that I would use. I would like concoct a scenario and then design a training program to um, like fit that scenario. So I, I was just completely obsessed. And this is like 10th, 11th grade. And uh, I still remember like in kinesiology class, I took it in uh, my senior year, didn't study at all and got 105 on the exam, 105 because there was like a bonus question at the end. And it was just because I'd been studying anatomy and physiology and athletic performance and training for so long, for so many hours. And the teacher just laughed. He was like, I, I know you didn't try or study or do anything, but you seem to know the material, so whatever. Um, so anyway, I just say this to give you an idea of like um, how deep I went into this and the fact that all of that study and all of that work that I did and all the training and testing and tweaking that I did, 
I still couldn't do it. <laughs> I still wasn't moving like Corey or like any of these um, more athletic Toronto players that I saw and that we played against. And I was still stuck with like my heavy feet. I, I could jump a little bit, but um, I was very heavy footed. I definitely didn't have that relaxed, effortless, springy aggression to my game that so many players have. And uh, in my obsession, in all of my research, I came across a man named Stuart McGill. Stuart McGill is a spinal researcher. He's uh, worked with the Chicago Bulls. I know he's worked with many, many professional athletes. He's very well known in uh, the um, academic world of sports performance and written many books. Uh, he's kind of like the, at the time anyway, I, I haven't checked in a while, but he was the leading researcher on spinal performance and spine health and athletics. And so it turned out Stuart McGill was, uh, or was, but he does live in my city here in town. And he actually was researching at the local university. And so being this like kind of ballsy kid that I was, an obsessed kid that I was, I reached out to him. And for whatever reason, he accepted my invitation to like meet up and, and pick his brain. And so I went to his office, my mom took me. And uh, we had this like four hour conversation in his office. He showed me his lab where he did all of his tests on performance. And uh, he was like friends with all of these big time researchers that I'd been studying. And it was, it was like going to Disneyland or something. And so I, I get to like talk to Stuart McGill and I built a sort of a friendship with him. Actually, I was in, um, this is like totally beside the point, but I ended up being in one of his DVDs that he published. I was like doing the exercises, demonstrating on camera for him. So anyhow, this was like, uh, gosh, I don't even know, 12 years ago, maybe now. So anyhow, not to get uh, too off track here, but uh, Stuart McGill said something and he really clarified this for me and told me the secret to all of this. And he said that it, this quality that we now call relaxed aggression, it's not um, so much about being completely relaxed and completely aggressive at the same time. It's complete uh, relaxation followed by a rapid and full contraction followed by a rapid and full release. In other words, you're relaxed, aggressive, relaxed, aggressive, relaxed, aggressive, relaxed, aggressive, rather than both relaxed and aggressive at the same time. And the quality of your athletic ability, the, how athletic you will be and how you, your quality of movement on the floor will be a reflection of how quickly you can go between, you can shift between the two states. If we look at uh, an Olympic sprinter who is, you know, in sprinting, like one of the key things is to run relaxed, right? Run with full relaxation. And yet when we see every foot strike, when every time their foot hits the ground, there's this complete full contraction that ripples through their body like a wave. And this happens on, on this cycle very, very quickly. It's, it's like a, an interval that's just pinging. It's like full contraction, full relaxation to the point where the intervals are so close together that they're almost identical. They look relaxed and aggressive at the exact same time, fully released or fully relaxed and fully contracted at the same time. And this is where we get like elite levels of athletic ability when we see Michael Jordan, who um, I would venture a guess moved better than anybody in NBA history like it was really a work of art to watch him just move on the basketball court because there was no wasted motion and yet he had full relaxation and 
full aggression um, at the exact same time. And the quality of his movement, the quality of his athletic ability and his explosiveness was because he could shift between the two states at a moment's notice, at a moment's notice. And so we're going to get into exactly how to do this. Um, I do want to clarify a, a few things. And, and so the first one being uh, one of the like basic tenets in this work and in this practice is that your body and mind will mirror each other. Okay. If you have tension in the mind, overthinking, uh, doubt, various like <laughs> manifestations of overthinking, if your mind is contracted, your body will be in a state of chronic uh, contraction. This is why when we get like chronic overthinkers, they don't move all that well. They're in this contracted sort of um, balled up state. They're wound really tightly. And uh, one of the first things that we do is to simply relax the mind so that the body will relax or we can uh, vice versa because they mirror each other. We can relax the body so that the mind will relax. And this is in meditation practice. It's one of like the fundamental things that um, a lot of my teachers will start with actually when working with a person is to get their body to relax so that the mind will let go. And so Understanding that, first of all, gives us like a foundation to work off of. Um, the body and mind are going to mirror each other. If your mind is in a chronic state of contraction, meaning overthinking, constantly analyzing and planning and doing all of these things, you're not going to move all that well. If your body is in a chronic state of contraction, your mind is going to be stuck in that contraction as well. They work off of each other. And so our goal really is to uh, bring some fluidity into the mind and into the body so that both can relax, so that both can then fully contract. And this is where we get that relaxed, effortless aggression. Um, we could use the analogy of like a, um, a race car, okay? whenever, or any car actually for that matter, when engineers are developing a car, they will never put more horsepower. They will never allow it to go faster than the brakes can actually slow down. In other words, you can't speed up what you can't slow down. And your nervous system, your psyche, your physiology has all of these inhibitory processes baked into it to prevent uh, you from being able to um, speed up what you can't slow down. In other words, like your muscle will not be able to contract more than it can relax. Your mind will not be able to engage more than it can release from that engagement. And so when players uh, come in with this, um, this attitude of like wanting to constantly be trying and pressing and pushing and, and like th this constant state of like, let me get there, let me get there, let me get there it really causes a whole lot of problems because um, being in that chronic state of contraction means that you're never actually relaxing, which means you can't contract and engage all that much. And again, so they play off of each other. We have to be able to do both. You'll never be able to speed up and engage what you can't slow down and disengage. You have to be able to do both. So, um, <laughs> we could look at it in one other way. That, that comes to mind. We talk about springiness, right? With athletes, springiness, the ability to like bounce off the ground and rocket up into the air and, or sort of like skip across the ground. And we see this springiness in a lot of these relaxed, effortless, aggressive athletes. Corey comes to mind back in the day. And uh, 
if we look at a coiled spring, what, what actually happens there, we compress the spring. In other words, we contract it down to the ground. We, we press it down into the ground. And then only when we release and let it go, there's a release of tension that springs it up into the air. There's, it has to release in order to um, spring, right? The, the contraction and the release are necessary, not just the contraction, not just the release. And so once again, we come back to players who are chronically in a state of overthinking, chronically in a state of trying to figure things out and analyze and reanalyze and plan and uh, like trying so hard to get a result. That's a state of chronic contraction. At the same time, um, a release from that contraction is necessary in order to get that result that you're looking for, that effortless natural uh, aggression, the, the relaxed aggression that we're looking for when we play. So um, once again, we need to be able to do both. The ability to fully engage, fully contract, fully become aggressive, um, like just at the drop of a dime, we see athletes do this, like, like they are completely relaxed and then they explode. A, a striker in martial arts comes to mind. They're fully relaxed and fluid and then the moment comes to strike and even as they're striking, right? Their arm is extending, their arm is extending. It's like a whip. It's, it's, there's a relaxed tension to it. And then it goes into a full contraction at the point of the strike when it actually makes contact. Full contraction followed by the recoil and release of that contraction back into fluidity. These martial artists are like a really great example of this. They're completely relaxed and fluid coupled with that ability to explode and become aggressive and strike at a moment's notice. That's the kind of quality that we're developing in your mind and in your game, the ability to once again, fully contract, fully um, engage, and then fully release. Again, I can't re reiterate this enough because I know so many players, myself included, uh, struggle with this. If you are constantly in a state of chronic uh, overthinking, chronic tension, chronic striving, you're sort of like the martial artist who stays stuck in the strike. They stay stuck with their arm locked, right? And obviously you can't strike from that position. Obviously it requires the relaxation once again. So how do we do this? What are some practical things that uh, will develop this ability? And how do we merge the two, the mind and the body, the effortless, relaxed contraction, relaxation, relaxed aggression, the playing hard effortlessly quality, this like holy grail that we've been talking about. How do we develop it in both the mind and the body so that the two mirror each other as they always will? Um, a few really simple things. The first one is go to the floor or go to the court, whatever, and play this way, actually, just by yourself, freestyle, uh, no structure whatsoever. You don't have to, um, I mean, you can play with other people, but it's, it's a little bit easier if you start off just on your own. And practice this fluidity, this relaxed aggression on your own. Practice fully relaxing and then exploding into a movement, excuse me, 
exploding into movement, then relaxing and shifting speeds, shifting levels, shifting. This is where players like Kyrie get their shiftiness and twitchiness. It's because they're constantly shifting between states. They're relaxing, engaging, relaxing, engaging, and doing it on all these different levels at all these different speeds. And this is, again, where like really elite athletes come in where they can shift between the two. It's not... Um, let me be 50% one and 50% the other so that they balance themselves out. It's actually 100% of one and 100% of the other done at really rapid intervals. Um, hopefully that's making sense. I'm speaking a little bit uh, abstract uh, here, but um, hopefully you get the idea. So practice this on the floor and do it in just a freestyle manner, right? Get a feeling for it. Go through your moves. Improvise moves. Um, no structure. No thinking. The the less you think in this practice, the better. So just literally let it go. Let it um, flow through you and see what comes. There's no way that you can mess this up. You're just literally training a feeling into your game. Uh, the next way to do this, um, some really simple like performance training stuff. We don't speak about this quite a, a lot, but um, fundamental to my own training back then when I was developing this ability, finally later in my career, um, really simple things. Number one, jump rope, actually. Jump rope is, um, you see boxers have this quality kind of, quite a bit. Muhammad Ali, like float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's That really says it all here. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Um, jump rope is like the boxer's best friend. It should be yours as well. I was um, jumping rope every single day. I actually do it quite often now even. And um, that relaxed fluidity, you'll notice that every single foot contact that you have as you're jumping rope, every foot, every time your foot hits the ground, there's this rapid contraction followed by a release. And you have to, you can't like really tense as you're jumping rope. It forces you to be fluid while at the same time having that bouncy, um, that bouncy relaxation. So uh, jump rope, you can do freestyle, you can do uh, various combinations. I actually only do freestyle personally. Put on music, make it like, um, again, to get the rhythm, the feeling of it, and let your mind go, like f just flow into the music. And, and jump rope in that way. Just like five minutes a day is plenty actually with this. Um, another way to do this is um, line hops actually, like really, really simple drill, line hops. So uh, it's good if you can do this in bare feet or with like, I, I wear sometimes Vibram five finger shoes, like very minimalistic shoes. You can do it in basketball shoes, but um, the heavier your shoes are, the more um, you're gonna be uh, you're, you're going to be going against the point. If your shoes are really heavy and clunky, number one, get some new shoes that you can be light in on your feet. Um, it's really, really important. But line hops, basically, over um, a vertical line, you're going to hop horizontally. You can hop with two feet, with one foot. And you'll notice that, again, every ground contact is this rapid contraction, followed by a rapid relaxation, then a rapid contraction, rapid relaxation, rapid contraction, rapid relaxation. And that is, um, in essence, that's what plyometric drills are when people talk about plyos and jump training and so on. Like, that's what it is. It's, it's training this rapid contraction followed by a rapid relaxation um, and cycling those two, in some cases, very, very quickly. Um, just a few simple drills. In the realm of the mind, 
Uh, actually, no, I want to give you one more performance drill, actually, that, that was really helpful for me. And my personally, my vertical jump and my explosiveness just um, went through the roof when I finally introduced these. And when I first heard of them, <clears throat> I didn't get the point. I didn't get the point at all. I didn't understand why these would be helpful. Um, what they are, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sometimes when I speak for a long time, my voice gets tired. Um, so what these are, are altitude drops or depth drops. So you're dropping off of a high surface. Sorry, my, I'm <clears throat> going to take a drink of water. So with altitude drops, you are dropping off a high surface, a, a box. Uh, I used to do these on stairs and drop forward sometimes. And you are simply absorbing the landing, absorbing. You're not jumping afterwards. You're just absorbing it and you absorb it, uh, the only way to do it properly is you, you see people do them like with full tension, right? They go into, they do it very mechanically with full tension. You see coaches demonstrating these online, or at least I've seen um, quite a few examples where um, that defeats the whole purpose. You want to drop and absorb it fluidly, but with, again, that um, I can't demonstrate them here sitting here, so maybe look online for a good demonstration. But you absorb them fluidly, relaxed, and also absorb, meaning you like um, the force goes into your body and you absorb it, which means there has to be a contraction. When we go back to the analogy of you can't speed up what you can't slow down, they won't, won't make a car faster than the brakes will allow for. The same thing goes for your nervous system. Um, we have these inhibitory processes that won't generate uh, explosive power more so than we can actually absorb and slow down. You won't jump higher than you can land. Like the body won't allow for it. And so actually practicing landing, practicing absorbing high degrees of force is going to uh, kind of not circumvent that inhibitory mechanism, but it's going to train you to literally, um, it, it's gonna build up your brakes, <laughs> your braking power, and that will naturally allow your speed to increase. And uh, I had some really, really, really rapid increases in vertical jumps simply by introducing these into my program and making no other changes, actually. These were like a, a really big key for me personally. So this is, um, these are just a few things on the performance side that you could try out. On the mental side, which is just as important once again, because again, the, the mind and body will mirror each other. When you see players like, again, Corey Joseph in that example, in that story, when Corey played, it was very clear that not only was his body really fluid and really relaxed, he wasn't overthinking anything, right? He wasn't overthinking anything. He was fully engaged in the moment. There was this relaxed uh, quality to his mind that could, at a moment's notice, fully engage. And uh, the mind and body will mirror each other. So the more you do that, you develop this quality of mind, the more your body will take that on as well. So the first thing, this is why, by the way, we train in meditation. Meditation, the ability to, to still and slow down, well, slow down and then still your mind completely, um, is like training your brakes. It's like doing altitude drops where because you're able to completely settle and calm your mind, from that can come really accurate, really rapid, really um, engaged activity. Your mind can, again, just like uh, on a strike, if... <laughs> 
the the good striker in martial arts will like be fully 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 relaxed and then contract and then fully 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 relaxed fluid your mind will develop this sort of fluidity this martial level fluidity to it that will allow for full relaxation full contraction full engagement so Meditation is the first way. We have a guide to meditation that you can watch. Um, the Deep Game program will will take you pretty far into meditation and, and different um, ways of training the mind in this ability. Uh, in addition to that, one thing to really become conscious of, and this is where um, the rubber really meets the road, you actually want to do this in your everyday life. So as you're going throughout your life, think about full engagement and full relaxation. When you are doing a task, be fully on the task. Like all of your awareness goes into the task. When you're doing your homework, just do your homework. When you release from it, let it go, forget about it and completely relax. This is, um, we see all the time players are like in this constant state of contraction, even when they're not doing the thing that they're thinking about doing, they're thinking about doing the thing. They're thinking about it, they're analyzing it, they're planning it, they're constantly in this state of mental contraction. This is going to destroy, like it all falls apart at that point. If you can't, if you're in this chronic state of contraction, um, it's gonna undermine your ability to release in any area and so once again we go back to like players who overthink a lot players who are chronically in this contracted state have a really hard time moving well because the mind and body mirror each other it's all completely and totally connected and so um it may seem like it wouldn't matter, right? What you do in your uh, time away from the court, how could that influence your time on the court? No, your mind and your nervous system are patterning and repatterning and creating new patterns and connecting those patterns all the time. So when you're off the court, what you do really, really, really matters. The way that you hold yourself, the way that you hold your mind and your body really, really, really matters. These are habitual patterns that will follow you onto the basketball court. So full engagement, full relaxation. When you let go, fully let go. When you engage, fully engage. Practice this, make it habitual, pattern it deep into your system, and you will find yourself moving and playing with that relaxed aggression, um, that holy grail <laughs> of performance that we see in all the most elite athletes, and that is very much possible for you, okay? so. Um, once again, I, I know we went in a lot of different directions. I, I really hope this clears it up a little bit for you. You can implement these things immediately. It gives you a little bit more insight into the value and the quality uh, that meditation can bring into your game. When you can fully still and calm and relax your mind, it opens up this ability to fully and rapidly and intensely engage when necessary and then completely let go. And you develop this springy, bouncy, um, if you've ever met like, a, and this is a long shot, but um, you, maybe you hear stories, I'll just give this example anyway. Zen monks, Zen monks, and Phil Jackson talks about this often as well. But Zen monks have this bounciness to their personality, to their quality, um, this like ease of movement even in their body. For people who don't do any sort of performance training for the most part, they just sit all day in meditation, they have this like looseness and fluidity and effortlessness in their body. It's like they move like ballerinas in many cases. Um, at least like maybe the very, very old ones don't, but even the old ones have this like limber quality to them that's really shocking for their age. 
And it's all because they're training themselves in the, their mind in this ability and it trickles down and reflects through their body and their effortlessness and ease of movement. Um, there's this bouncy, like springy quality to them. And so we see like the, the real value of this, uh, these mental practices, the deep game practices, uh, all of these forms of training, they all feed into each other, okay? So I hope this gives you some ideas, some things to practice on your own, and I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is go to deepgame.com or click the link in the description and it'll take you to our free Deep Game Masterclass where you'll actually learn the entire Deep Game of Basketball with all eight laws and all of the fundamentals that you need to know as a high-level basketball player. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives and it's completely free. So go to deepgame.com right now or just click the link in the description and I can't wait to see you there.